the Hamp and OB Show. Today was a big one because it was just, it's a fist fight. Brady over the middle, pass is caught. And now they say incomplete. Here is Evans and they get the touchdown anyway. Mike Evans, this is where he goes to work. It wasn't an easy game by any means. We just kept fighting, kept fighting. Foles is notoriously streaky. Looks like he's getting hot. Floats one, Patterson hit in stride. Down inside the five. Here's Montgomery, cuts up field. Touchdown. You like Jimmy Graham down here in the red zone. Foles end zone. What a catch. Graham. Touchdown! Unlike Sunday's ball game, boy, he has taken a lot of punishment tonight. And he's sacked here. That'll be number three on the night, and he looks into the face of Khalil Mack again. Brady passes, broken up, incomplete, and the Chicago Bears are going to take over. The big thing from tonight was we got to learn how to go through a fist fight like this and come out on top. Cannot give up 97-yard touchdown. How is it drive. possible that you could be on a? And then you miss the tackle. You go in there like a punk. Put your head what down. Time do you throw to what time do you throw? What time? Oh, big got close to throw. These guys see football their own way. Dan Hampton. You need discipline. You need some toughness. Shame on you, Chicago Bears. And Ed Obradovich. I'm so aggravated. No. This guy. I. 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 I I, I can't. I, 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 I flabbergasted is the word, OB. It's the Hamp and OB Show, brought to you by ChevyDriveChicago.com and Dan Hampton's truck, the Chevy Silverado. Drive what Hamp drives, Chevy. Four and one, four and one, four and one. It's not pretty, but it's four and one, damn it. 2019, Bears beat the Bucks. Welcome into Hamp. And OB with you till 10 o'clock tonight. My name is Mark Harmon. The phone number is 312-981-7200. Hamp and OB brought to you by ChevyDrivesChicago.com. And Dan Hampton's truck, the Chevy Silverado Drive. What Hamp drives Chevy. Khalil Mack came to play. Nick Foles figured it out. Matt Nagy wants more detail. Hampo, what do you think? And and guess what? Yeah, Khalil Mack, he he showed up. The pass rush uh, did their job in the fourth quarter. But Kyle Fuller made the best defensive play I've seen this this entire football year. And it turned the game around and gave us a chance to win. But Mark Carmen, you are exactly right. <clears throat> the Bears are 4-1. and one. And... They are at a critical junction of the season. And at 4-1 and one and piling up almost zero style points, they are on the cusp of not only relevance, but of asserting themselves into the big picture. And everyone likes to rank the football teams week to week, and, and the Bears are just on the outside of uh, the top ten. And those are good things. But, as you just said, uh, Matt Nagy's got some issues. Now, when we were last here... Last Tuesday night, here at Ice Station Zebra postgame, two days later than we normally do it, um, we were looking at a team that was faced with a couple of dilemmas. And most of that was in the uh, the lap of Matt Nagy, the head coach. And to his credit, they were able to um, do what they had to do. And OB came in, he was... Uh, just astonished that the offense gained just barely uh, a couple of yards more than 240 yards and yet here we are four and one and we have scored 105 points and we've given up 100 now you talk about living on the edge 
that is averaging 21 points a game and giving up 20. And yet, we're in it. But technically, the offense did some things, especially in the fourth quarter. Nick Foles showed why he was brought in. He was able to go ahead and make some plays against the cover two that we had seen against the Indianapolis Colts the week before that the Tampa Bay basically said, hey, it worked for them, we're going to do it too. Well, the wheel route was the secret weapon of choice for Nick Foles, and we were able to um, utilize it enough in the second half to get in position for a couple of field goals. And the second thing is Cairo Santos. You know, we didn't know much about this kid, Mark, but I'm telling you, I did an interview with him today over on uh, the Marquee Network, and i got to tell you, I'm very impressed. Very impressed with his demeanor, his competence, and his accuracy. And he has been money. Now think about this. We go in at halftime up 14-13. to At the two-minute warning at the end of the first half, OB, we were down 13 nothing. But in two short minutes, the Bears come from behind, take the lead, and then... As Nick Foles aptly said, it was a fist fight down the stretch. And all these games that are so close, living on the margins, living on the edge, they give you a certain toughness. And we're going to need it. The Carolina Panthers, we got to go down and play them. Nobody worried about this game a month ago. But guess what? They've won three in a row. And now they think they are a team of destiny. So we got a lot to talk about tonight. Well, uh, very well said, Dan. Uh, you know, again, uh, that statement I made a while back, you know, you think you can and you will. Uh, but th- now you got to look at look at the first teams we played. Not one of them, again, were in the playoffs last season. Now, we go down and play the Panthers, and, and I predicted the Bears would beat the Bucks. Thank you very much. Congratulations, Obi. Thank you. Thank you very much. Well done. But I'll tell you what, and they're going to go down and play the Panthers – and that could be another victory. Wow. Now, the first six games, I thought we could maybe there's an outside chance, outside chance that you could go 6-0. and But if they come out 5-1, and that would be unbelievable. But then, guess what comes? The next five games, folks. The Rams, the Saints, the Titans, the Vikings, the Packers. So we've got some pretty tough teams coming. But again, if these kids can believe in themselves, and especially offensively, to open this up, this will be Foles' what third start now? Correct. And you're going down to play a team called the Panthers in Carolina, North Carolina, and I'll tell you what, we can beat them, and it's a good team to open up and show what the hell we have offensively in the middle of the field and down deep. The middle game and down deep. We know we can dink and dunk, okay? Dink and dunk, dink and dunk. Dink and dunk is not going to get you to the Super Bowl. It's just not. And the last time I checked, you're not playing to be 9-7 and seven or 8-8. Eight and eight. You're there to win a Super Bowl. You're there hopefully to go 16-0. and 0. That should be your thoughts. That should be your goal. Now, again, coming up after this week, we've got, again, the Rams... The Saints, the Titans, the Vikings, and the Packers. Folks, that's some pretty tough teams we're going to play. And you want to know what? Nagy, you and your staff, let's see how well you can coach. Players, let's see if you can meet the challenge. And I think you can. 
If you go after it the way it should be gone after offensively, defensively, you guys stay the game, stay the pace offensively, move it down the field. 312-981-7200. We're going to hear a bunch from Matt Nagy tonight as we look back on really what was a wild game against the Bucks. I mean, back and forth, 13 nothing. You Hamp, you teed up the Kyle Fuller hit on Keyshawn Vaughn. I actually want to ask you a question on that coming on back here because I thought that they got that play wrong, not in the way that uh, Kyle Fuller did anything, but I thought it was very interesting how they decided that, that was actually a catch and a fumble. Three one two nine eight one. You were wrong. It was it, it, the officials oh, yeah. handled it perfectly. Well, we're going to come back and figure that out. Three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred. It's Hampton OB till ten. Cos coming up at eight. Adam Hogan eight thirty on seven twenty WGN. Third down and ten. That's well, Mike Evans there in the slot. Good protection. Vaughn incomplete. Big hit by Kyle Fuller. Phenomenal play. Phenomenal. Say it one more time. Phenomenal by Kyle Fuller. And good effort, Keyshawn Vaughn. No fault to you of dropping the football. Because you dropped the football. Hampo, he never really had it. It was was jostling around. Three steps with it. He did take three steps, but he didn't have the football. But you know what? That was a huge break. Okay, and you win some, you lose some. That was a huge call. I think the officials made the correct call. Now, the hidden hand of what happened there was the outside receiver needs to have his hiney kicked because he basically quit on his route, which allowed – if he would have went ahead and run a post out and made Kyle Fuller follow him to the sideline, then – Fuller would have never been in position to fall back inside and make that play. So, you know, when we're talking offense and Matt Nagy saying, you know, certain things have to happen. We're not being disciplined. We're not making those little things happen. Well, that, that right there, Tampa Bay with the great Tom Brady. You don't think Tom Brady reamed that receiver out during the course of the, the meeting saying this play is because you didn't do your job because if he would have Kyle would have never been in that position but instead he makes a great head up uh, play where he he strikes the uh the the ball carrier with his shoulder in a violent manner and knocks the ball out we get it next thing you know we score a touchdown we take the lead OB did you think that was a catch and a fumble uh did I think it was a catch and a fumble yeah, yeah you did Okay. Yeah. But I tell you what was worse with 325 to go in the fourth quarter. How about that roughing the penalty they called on Tampa Bay? That was unbelievable. Truly that, unbelievable. And beyond unbelievable. How And how nobody could step up. They didn't huddle. That is absolutely, it was incredible. Third and 19, Shaq Barrett all over Nick Foles, like literally right as he let the ball go. And those are the pressures that we used to say those are game changers. And it should never have been called. But again, you win some, you lose some. And the Bears didn't end up scoring on the drive. They got to, I think, the 31-yard line. They punted, 59-yard punt from Pat O'Donnell. But the Bucks got the ball back at the 16, made a huge difference. It certainly did. Absolutely. 312-981-7200. So, yes, the Bears did, of course, get some breaks last Thursday night. Uh, let's get some calls in here, gentlemen. A Hamp and OB till 10 on 720 WGN. 312-981-7200. Carl in Riverside. Welcome, Carl. Go ahead. 
Carl, right out of the box. Uh, gentlemen, it's an honor, number one. Just wanted to get your thoughts. I think it's seven minutes into the game. Uh, Allen Robinson was completely open, yet Foles passed way too high over his head. What what happened there? Well, and we've seen this. The, the last two weeks when Foles has started, he's been very shaky. He uh, and and you know the the book on Nick Foles has always been that he has a great demeanor, unflappable. It doesn't get shook. Well, to me, it looks to me like he's got butterflies and he's throwing the ball erratically. We saw that with Trubisky year after year now. But to his credit, he's able to kind of get focused and get under control. And then he started putting the ball on that on that uh, wheel route uh, to Patterson. I mean, I mean, those are those are plays that only a handful of quarterbacks make look that easy. And but you're exactly right. Early on, the the, the third down uh, throw was ten ten feet over his head. I remember my son saying, "What was that?" And I said, "Guess what? Looks like somebody's a little bit too excited." Carl, anything yeah. else? You good? Uh, yeah. Hey, if uh, if uh, Cairo Santos wouldn't have made the, the fuel goal or two, you know what we would be suffering from? Parky mania, parkyitis. No, no G T T S D. Goal post traumatic stress. There we disorder. go. Good one, Carl. I like that, Carl. Okay, Hey, par- you've, been, you've been staying up late working on this material. Hey, Parky, Parky, for the record, he doinked one in for the Browns over the yeah, weekend. Yeah, but it wasn't a double doink. It the double out. doink is what got us. He went straight doink. But that, Good the, call, Carl. The, yeah, excellent call, Carl. 312-981-7200. The, uh, Nick Foles said on that throw, he said he couldn't believe the ball came out of his hand like that. The Troy Aikman and uh, Joe Buck crushed him for it. He has the ball out in the open field. Third down and two. Foles out to his right. Terrible throw. Missed a wide open and easy first down with Allen Robinson, and that's about as simple as it gets. And and this has been a problem. Just smoked. (laughs) Guys, Nick Foles has been in five different uh, organizations. You know, he's not John Elway where he's going to play 14 years at one spot. For whatever reason, he's had great success. Then he's had other situations that didn't work out. What was it, last year down in Jacksonville? It was abysmal. Didn't win a game. But at the end of the day, Matt Nagy in the post game and then the next day talked about details. That's one of the details. A quarterback gets paid a lot of money to put the ball on the receiver. He didn't do it. So it's interesting on his detail stuff, though, because, okay, bad throw, that's not maybe, – maybe there was maybe it should have been three or five step or seven step. I don't know if the drop was wrong or if Robinson wasn't right there, but he just missed him. The other – the way Nagy talks about – bad throw. Yeah, right. The, but the, the, you've missed a one-foot putt, it happens. Right. Sometimes it's just a bad throw. So, But I'm saying, like, he, he, the way he holds his offense is that you have to do everything to such a level of perfection for it to work – it's got to make you wonder. Well, if it's if everybody's got to be exactly in line for this thing to flow right, then maybe it's not that great of an offense, right? Or am I missing something? Well, no. Fundamentally, everybody has to do their job to the you know the best of their ability without mistakes. Now we'll talk about the running game, and and the running game has been abysmal against Tampa. We, we rushed for thirty five yards on fourteen carries, and that's a week after. 
rushing the ball for 28 total yards on the ground against the Colts. That That is get you beat city, you know, on Main Street. But at the end of the day, the details are what he's talking about. And OB, you know this. When you have a, a very gifted team with a great back, a couple of great all-pro offensive linemen, a receiver, a tight quarterback that's a pro, you can make some mistakes. You can live on the margins. But when you have a team like the Bears, nobody on the offensive line is exceptional. Nothing enhances a passing game more than a running game. Nothing enhances a passing game more than a running game. If you don't get that ball running, you are not going to pass, and more often than not, you are not going to win a football game. There's no respect. You take too much out of your offense. You take bootlegs, sprint outs, and you also take the most important thing, play action. Why? Because the down linemen and linebackers, their first responsibility first is to run, react to a run. So if you you can get a team that can play great play action, that's a hesitant half step, and that's all a quarterback needs, and boom, down the field you go. I don't know if a lot of people realize this. Who who what quarterback has the the the, the largest yardage total per play uh, per attempt in the NFL right now? I don't know. It's either Tannehill or Rodgers. It's it's Tannehill. Wow. Nine point one. Thank going you. into tonight's game, and it's all because of play action. He's not a he's not a great quarterback, but he's very effective, and he can beat you if the running game's going, and he can play that off. So I, I thought I explained that pretty damn good. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm just giving you uh, some substantiation. You crushed it, Ob. Three one two. Can't spell substantiation. I think it works. You were right there. It's, it's, everybody is completely with you, Hamp. Three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred. We'll get to David and Josh and Base coming back here after our uh, quick update with the news at seven thirty. Hang in there, callers. We will get to you and you. Three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred. A ton to cover here. We haven't touched on Khalil Mack yet, uh, who had by far uh, his best game of the year. That was fantastic to see. News right That's now. That's about time. I know you were going to say that, OB. 720 W. Gents, get the news. Hamp and OB. Yeah, I missed one specifically where I was rolling to the right and had A-Rob, and I, I was shocked it like, uh, came off my hand like it did. It just sort of didn't come off right. Um, but other than that, you know, it felt good a couple times you get hit you can't you can't really get it out there but you know there'll be a lot of things that we can look at on film to get better now back to dan hampton and ed obradovich so that was falls on the throw to a rob no one's perfect certainly not nick falls or mitchell trubisky hampton ob till 10 o'clock 720 wg and i'll stop i that was that was unnecessary karm you did not have to Bring good old number 10 back into this. And by the way, did anyone else notice that he never had his name mentioned? You know who, number 10, the yep. whole night. Yep. It's almost like the Bears said, give us a pass and don't rub everybody's nose in it. Just go with who's on the field. You know what I know? My favorite Trubisky moment of the night was actually maybe my favorite moment of the whole night. When Foles was freaking out on Nagy. Hey! We don't need to huddle. I don't need one of your miracle plays. He wants play- to go hurry up. Right. Keep keep right. the Tampa Bay defense on their heels. And so they're having this animated conversation. And then if you watch it, here comes Trubisky in. And he kind of like he's kneeling and he's got this look on his face and he's listening in. And I'm like, right, this is what it looks like when a quarterback has a conversation. 
conversation with the head coach. This is the conversation you wanted to have with him. You really wanted to tee up Nagy. You knew it wasn't right, but you didn't know how to do it, and there it was. I, I thought that was just absolutely glorious. Uh, and good for you, Nick Foles, on explaining what needs to happen. And Matt Amen. Na- and Maggie's hopefully he's learning here. Uh, right. David, Little Rock, welcome to Happen OB on 720 WGN. Go ahead, David. Thank you, thank you. Happen OB, a long-time listener. I love the show, man. You guys, I love you guys. Thank you, sir. My, Homeboy. Yeah, yeah. My question is, my question is, uh, I'm watching these last two games, and it just don't seem like the offensive line can run block. It don't seem like they can pass block. And I guess my question is, why don't they move the pocket to give him a little more time? I mean, move the pocket or bring a tight end in to help these guys out on the offensive line. Every time he goes back to pass, I think he's going to get sacked. My yeah, question that- is also is, is it too late for us to do something to try to get some help on the line? I mean, can we make a trade or something? Is it too late? The only thing worrying me, the offensive line, is, man, is scaring me to death. Good call, David. Okay, David, those are really good points. And by the way, he, you're probably used to this by watching our beloved Razorbacks on a weekly basis. The <laughs> offensive line is, and I like to, you know, they're the hidden hand of the offense. Quarterback, receivers, running backs, they all get their name in the news. The offensive line is what makes it possible. Unfortunately, we don't have a very good offensive line. You know, both of our, our tackles, they, they, they struggle mightily in pass pro. The interior, you know, now James Daniel is out. Cody Whitehair should be at guard. Daniel should be at center next year. But that's that's way down the road. We'll talk about that. But at the end of the day, the offensive line has got to improve. Now, Alex Barr came in and played left guard. He probably uh, will be given that that job to keep until he loses it. And the only guy that we have is uh, is uh, Coward, um, uh, Rashad Coward, yep. who was a converted defensive lineman. So, is there anything we can do? There, there really isn't. And and Ryan Pace is not one of those guys mid season to go out and make a big blockbuster trade and 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 get a left tackle, uh, Larry Tunsil or this or that. He's not going to do it. So your point is dead on, and it's what. Mr. Obradovich, and I have said, especially with Trubisky, you know, he, he, he's erratic in the pocket. He's a little better on the move. At least he doesn't get hit. At least he doesn't, you know, um, uh, take such a beating. Let him get out and do bootlegs, do quarterback. Uh, you know, they, they started doing the RPO, and then down in Atlanta, they were running the, uh, the single wing, you know, quarterback keeper on sweeps. So I don't know what they think they're trying to accomplish, but somehow, some way, the offensive line's got to get a lot better OB, or we're going to have open another can of quarterback because Nick Foles, and let me just say this, and OB was saying miracle wins. We have had three out of the four wins. We have come back from double-digit figures. That's almost unheard of in a season, let alone three out of, you know, the first five weeks of the season. But all that being said, we've played some crummy teams. 
But the last two defenses, now there's a new stat going around the NFL. It's called the DVOA, yep. which is kind of a new high-tech way of looking at defenses, not just yards, not just you know what, how many yards you give up or points. It's all this other stuff, third down, yada, yada. Well, guess what? Indianapolis is number one and Tampa Bay is number two in the NFL. So, in a way, we had a chance to beat the Colts, and we did beat Tampa Bay. So they should be able to say, look, if we just get a little bit better. And a lot of what Nagy was talking about with the details will be, he's talking about the guard trips. Instead of pulling outside, he trips over uh, the tackle. Or somebody, you know, somebody, uh, you know, jumps off sides. And then when now we're in long yardage where we can't run. All these little details that need to go exactly correct for us to be efficient they haven't gone well, and that's why we keep saying, boy, this is a bad offense. Boy, this is a bad offensive line. All right, David, taking a look at our offense as it stands today, okay? And you're, what you're talking about is our offensive line, and they're not performing like they should, especially Leno. I mean, guys are getting beat up front. Well, now, look what Nagy did in the offseason. He brought in Lazor as an offensive, I guess, coordinator. He got John Filippo who's the quarterback's coach. You got Dave Ragone, who's uh, the passing game coordinator. Clancy Barone, who's the tight end. These these guys are new guys, okay? And Juan Castillo, he's the offensive line coach, and that was the main guy that Nagy wanted to bring in, to bring in and straighten out our offensive line problems. Okay? What kind of job has he done? You want to look at people? Sure, we could call the players out, but who's coaching them? Who's coaching the blocking? You've got to take a long look at yourself, some of you coaches, guys. Three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred. There was one play when Bars came in where they ran a stunt, and he and Bars had no idea what to do. He's sitting there blocking no one. Yeah, and a couple of times he got walked back into the well, lap of the, the quarterback. The key. It doesn't take you. Hey, whatever you're doing, do it 110 percent, right? Mark, get somebody. They they brought in all these coaches on offense to help our offense get better. All right, and again, where are we offensively in the league? <laughs> Not good. Not yeah. good is correct. It's a witch's. So brain. who is it? Yeah. Is it the players? We think we had the players, so he brought these coaches in to take them up to the next level. Has not happened. Three one two. It hasn't. Ob and look. Uh, what, I mean, what's amazing is Fetty <laughs> probably ranks he, the highest he of played all well. the offensive linemen. That's the right guard that was signed to come in and take over for Kyle Long, and he probably ranks efficiently, uh, efficiency wise, higher than all the other guys that's been here. Twenty-seven. And wasn't this one Castillo? Wasn't he supposed to come in here and elevate everybody up? Yeah. Wasn't that the big talk about it? Oh, we got him. He's gonna he's gonna take these guys to another level. He's taking him to another level, all right. 27th in the NFL. I got a zillion stats here, so it took me a second to find We're out. We're 27th in everything. Yeah. We're it, horrible. In everything. Yards per pass, play, total offense, scoring, all of it. Uh, the th- good news is uh, Carolina is like 29th in the league in, in third down efficiency, stopping offenses. But, so we got a chance this but, week. But they're not. It's a really bad defense. They're, they're not bad against the pass, though. So that'll be interesting to see if the Bears can actually get a pass game going here or if they're running him. Finally comes together, 312-981-7200. Mark, sooner or later, they've got to open this offense up. I'm just telling you to your listeners, well, you can't go through a 16-game schedule and dink and dunk 
and you don't put the fear of God in anybody with our quarterbacks and our receivers. We don't. Well, I'll give you another one on that, OB, but here, let's, let's get uh, Bass in here. He's been waiting forever. Bass, welcome to 720 WGN. Go ahead. Hey, guys. Thanks for uh, having me on the show. It's an honor. Um, I wanted to hear your guys' thoughts on the back shoulder throw to Allen Robinson that this season has led to three interceptions. What do you think of that play, and why does Nagy go to the back shoulder throw when the game is on the line versus the Bucks? Okay. Um, Thanks for the call, base. And, and by the way, Allen Robinson, um, remember after the opening game, it was like a full court press saying, oh, I need a new contract. And since that moment, he's had not three but four interceptions where he was involved, where the defender took it away from him. And we all know he's a, he's a fine player. He's, you know, he'll never be Julio or somebody like that. But some of those back shoulder throws, there is certain mechanics that you have to master. To me, it doesn't look like it. He's opening up to the, to the inside, to the field, to the defender, where you have to basically almost like a rebound where you want to put the defender on your back. But unfortunately, it hasn't worked out. But I'll tell you this, during the game on Thursday night, the interception – and I'll give Troy Aikman credit. I saw Troy at, uh, at a golf tournament last summer, and I told him I thought he does you know, a fine job. He basically said, hey, Foles had exactly what he wanted. He had an Allen Robinson, one-on-one with a defender, throws it back shoulder, and unfortunately, it turns into a pick. And again, that has to be maybe better communication between Foles and Robinson where he wants the ball. But more importantly, think about this. You know, I remember um, Miller was – you know, saying that it was a bad pass that he dropped against Indianapolis. And Foles said, okay, well, it was about six inches off. Now, if we got to live on six inches of, of inaccuracy, we're going to have a long, you know, long season. The receivers have got to get better. Allen Robinson has got to be a man and take those balls down. 312-981-7200. I want to mention Darnell Mooney coming back along those plays. I thought he was actually super impressive on some plays that could have been picked off. Wouldn't you like to see him going down deep? I Well, they had him on one play, and they just missed him by 10 yards. How much time do we have? I, 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 no time. But... Okay, well, I'm going to talk about this when we come back, about throw to win. Okay, throw to, throw to win. Next, Amp and OB till 10, 720 WGN. OB, how are you feeling over there? You look like you had a lovely dinner. You look like you just... Re- ate too much. You ate, you ate too much? That's okay. I don't, I don't <laughs> well, well, I got to tell you, this is a, it's a booby <laughs> trap. Every time Bartolini's brings the food in... I mean, it, we, it's overkill. We, it's just we, too good. We crushed it tonight. They're located at 144th in Pulaski and Midlothian. Bartolini's open seven days a week for dine-in patio seating and to-go orders. You can call them at 708-396-2333. They brought in the barbecued meatballs tonight. We had the... Scallop potatoes uh, were off the charts. It, it, I don't know. Wally, what, why do you do this to us? Uh, Wally, Wally. Wally brings it in and he laughs and goes, boy, this will fix you. Uh, Wally, Wally brought the cannolis tonight. Wally, Wally. Wally was Wally. Wally cannoli. The chicken. <laughs> the chicken was great too. Uh, don't let me leave the studio. I do not want to eat any more of the chicken. Josh and Joliet, welcome to WGN. Thank you for being patient. Hamp and Ob want to talk to you. Go ahead. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I have something to say. You know, this offense. What is wrong with it? The game came down to a field goal. It shouldn't be that way. That is exactly how we lost that playoff game. 
against the Eagles that one year. Amen. Josh is having PTSD Eagles with Nick Foles on the field. Okay, and Josh, you're exactly right. And OB has beat the desk, and there's a we've got uh, some particle board over there to uh, – help substantiate it because he's beaten on the desk saying throw the ball down the field be more aggressive be more wide open attack here's here's something and we're going to see it this week matt rule if the if everything ended right now the carolina coach could be coach of the year he's got a team that got ron rivera my friend fired and they are three and two and they are in it and you know why teddy bridgewater I know we've all heard, you know, the bridge, you know, water goes through many towns. At the end of the day, Teddy Bridgewater is playing great. And it's almost like they've taken a Lamar Jackson type playbook where he's moving around. He's doing a little RPO, getting out of the pocket, breaking uh, the pass rush down, uh, scrambling. But guess what? He threw for 261 yards in the first half. And then what happened? They decided to let Mike Davis, who was here, Yep. Get his running game going, and they salted away the victory. So they threw to score, and then they ran to win. Maybe Matt Nagy needs to think about that. Throw the ball early, try to break defenses down, and then, and maybe then, we can get the running game going. Let me tell you something. There's nobody going to respect this offense. Any defense we play, they will not respect it until we start playing big boy football. And I've said that before. I've said it the last few years, and I don't understand this Coach Nagy. I have absolutely no idea. And going back back to what I said here about five, ten minutes ago, what do you bring in? Five new, six new offensive coaches to help the line, to help the receivers, to help the quarterbacks get better. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I don't see anything. More I people really to blame. <laughs> yeah, right. It's not my fault, it's them. (laughs) They've got three touchdowns in their last uh, 21 possessions last two games, which is uh, not great. An offensive line is not even playing up to snuff. I think they played one game so far. And Juan Castillo, Stilo, I don't don't know what what the heck is going on. I don't know what's going on with Clancy Barone. I don't know what's going on with Ragon, let alone John DiFilippo. And Lazor, and you got Nagy on offense, all these new coaches, everything. And take a look at our offense. Is it the same offense last year? Is it the same offense the year before? Yes, it is. I wouldn't leave out Matt Nagy, and uh, not. I'm not starting. I'm talking about Ryan Pace and the lack of talent on that offensive line. It's not good. And, and like I just said, you know, Effetti is the guy they brought in. He he's better than the other four. All that being said. The players have got to find a way to become better and more efficient and effective. But at the end of the day, there are some bright spots. Think about this, Jimmy Graham. Yeah. Four touchdowns already from him. We only had two all year to the tight end last year. It was The tight end was invisible, OB. Yep. Well, how, that's... How much did we scream so, about that? Oh, well, but I'm saying we're making some baby steps, but now we need to kick it up and... Put the blower on it, and let's get this thing going. Bigger, better, faster, louder. Dan, I would feel better about the tight end situation if it wasn't a two-yard touchdown pass out in the flat two or three times. What I would feel a hell of a lot better about is having our tight ends split that seam, go over, get a, a skinny post pattern, get a deep corner route, go downfield, 
Most of the tight ends now are what? 6'4", 6'5", 6'6", 6'7", and they can run against a 5'10 defensive back, a 6'4", a 6'1 defensive back. Take advantage of it. You're right, Obi. You're right. Let's get Kazi up here after the 8 o'clock news with you till 10. Your phone call is always welcome. 312-981-7200. It's Hamp and Obi on 720 WGN. Hamp and OB. I wouldn't imagine that this will be the last time I hear about us not having Eddie Goldman. And I think that just goes to show how important an elite player that Eddie Goldman is. What we've done here is do our best to not replace, but continue to play football at a high level. And, and I think Bilal Nichols, John Jenkins, Brent Urban, everybody has done their best in order to fill that hole that was left in our defense by losing Eddie Goldman. Now back to Dan Hampton and Ed Obradovich. It's your guy, Akeem Hicks, OB, doing damage up front. I thought that you would be super happy, and by the way, welcome to the second hour of Hamp and OB, with Kaz coming up on 720 WGN with you till 10 o'clock. Eight quarterback hits for the Bears last Thursday night, two from Bilal Nichols, one from Mario Edwards, who was in there, Roy Robertson Harrison touched the quarterback, so did James Vauders out of nowhere getting a sack, that was like, okay, here we go, and three times Khalil Mack got to Tom Brady for two sacks, that was all good to see. What Anything stand out for y'all? Well, first and foremost, you know, I hate to say it, it's like my beautiful Silverado performed perfectly and got me down here just fine tonight. Well, that's Khalil Mack. He's supposed to perform like that week after week after week. And hopefully this is just the beginning. You know, the first month he was hit and miss. But Akeem Hicks, who we just heard on the bumper coming in, is really the secret inside and he he has played at an extremely high level thus far. Yeah, we miss Eddie Goldman, but he's out, and he's not going to be back. So we've got to find bodies that can uh, help stop the run. And we've we've been able to do okay. But, you know, Matt getting to the quarterback, that that's his job, and he's going to be okay. But... The rest of the guys, this is great to hear. Bela Nichols, you know, he's got a, he's got some pass rush moves. He's got to play better against the run. We've, and that's part of the reason why Danny Trevathan is almost like invisible at times. And Roquan Smith has been a little better each week. But those guys are getting a lot of big blockers on them and they're knocking them around because what Eddie Goldman used to force a, a you know, a double team and, and anchor the line. We're not doing that now. Well, I'm going to tell you, a guy that's missing in action is Quinn, the $70 million man, $30 million of it guaranteed. You're right. I've seen him make one play, one. Otherwise, he's almost invisible in the screen. I I, I just don't see it. I, I see no aggressiveness out of him. I I don't see any any bull rushes. And he swim moves, and he dipping his shoulder to the outside. I, I don't see anything with this guy. Well, he didn't have a tackle, which is kind of hard to believe. He well, did. Well, isn't that kind of just what I said? I don't see anything with yeah. this guy. He's got to. We got to get more here. The point is, he, he's one of either, either or. Sometimes we're at three down linemen or four. If you want to call the outside guys like outside linebackers, pass rushes, whatever, they're down linemen. Okay, this kid. Does nothing. He doesn't put the pressure on the passer. I don't see him get involved in the runs. 
I don't see him close down. When the guy blocks down in front of him, he doesn't come down. You know, you're talking about a lot of money. $141 million for the guy playing the left and $70 million for the guy playing on the right. And what do they have total in all these games? Three or four sacks total? Pretty much. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, again, you know. The, Unacceptable. You know, in a defense, you're only as strong as your weakest link. And thus far, he's been the weak link. So, but he uh, came in with all his hoopla. He's going to be the guy. He's going to do this. He's going to help everybody. Well, excuse me, he hasn't done the damn thing. Well, I, I saw a breakdown on on Khalil Mack. He had three hits on the quarterback, two sacks, but he was doubled seven plays and seven other plays. The back chipped on him before they went out. So, obviously, he and what that means is the opposing offenses are starting to have to account for him, which means they're not just running wide open. They've got to stop and worry about a certain player. And so all those things, that's, that'll add to the consummate good of the defense. We're going to bring Kaz in here in, in one second, but let's just take a two-minute quick timeout, and then we'll get the Kaz up for a big, long segment of uh, Bears Talk here on 720 WGN. Robert Quinn actually did have five pressures. They're giving him credit for on next-gen stats on 28 pass rushes, but he didn't tackle anybody for whatever that's worth. I hope he now wants to fight me. Go ahead. What? Like, what is that supposed to be? Phenomenally <laughs> What game was that? Was that the game we were watching? <laughs> I, we're I'm almost just, halfway I'm just, through the season. I'm just, I, <laughs> and he's and he's accountable for 28 plays. Yeah, right. Well, that, that was just against Tampa, but we do need more. All right, uh, back with Kaz, 720 WGN. Jeff Vukovic is Vuk! back. He's the straight shooter. He knows insurance. He's on your side, and he'd love to help you nationwide. Is on your side. Vuk! Check out Jeff Vuk. Dot com nationwide is indeed on your side. Cosman, welcome to the sh- your show, my brother. Glenn Kozlowski joining us now, 720 WGN. <laughs> you know, I'm surprised Ed hasn't thrown you out the window yet. Well, I'm just... It won't be long. It's, you know, the, the, the yeah, night... It's going to happen. It's just when. The night is young. Uh, what are you seeing from Robert Quinn there, Mr. Cos? Who is he? <laughs> I think I answered the question right, I, yeah. and I know Ed and Dad appreciate it. Who is he? I don't know. Uh, you know, I saw him at the Bank of Lake Forest the other day. Right, he cashes <laughs> those big checks, but I don't know who he is. Here's what I'll tell you, though: Bears are four and one, and um, you know Carolina is much better than they, we thought they would be. But it's a game they should win. They're going to be five and one, and then they get into the meat of the. Uh, season but honestly guys let's you know as i look at everything everybody has a shot it's a week-to-week league and if you have injuries uh you're not as good if you um so if you could stay healthy you have a shot uh the bears if they keep winning they have a shot you you just got to get to the playoffs and then from there if you gain confidence ed has been saying it dan has been talking about it we do have the right quarterback um I don't like the play call still, but that's something, you know, it's another day, another discussion. As long as they keep winning and they win ugly, we'll be happy. Well, teams that go 4-1 and one have a 74% chance of making the playoffs. That being said, as you pointed out, it only gets tougher. As OB said, uh, trouble's coming down the road. Oh, yeah. but It is. 
you know, the most effective play we had the other night against the cover two, you know, the Tampa two, two deep zone was Nick Foles on the wheel route to the backs. Now, as you know, and you have aptly pointed out, every defense has certain Achilles heels. And that obviously is uh, part of the, uh, the way you, uh, you know, have to exploit the, uh, the Tampa. But, Sooner or later, this offense has got to be more effective and efficient throwing the ball down the field. What do you? We had a caller earlier wondering why Allen Robinson has now given up four interceptions on back shoulder throws. Do you have a, a theory on that? Well, he's not separating. Honestly, you know, I mean, you you have to have a step to be able to throw it, you know, down the field. They're even, so you throw it behind him, and you hope that he can make the play. And, you know, he's kicked the ball a couple of times. I, I would take him all every day of the week, but you got to get separation. And if you can't separate, you can't throw the ball down the field to him. You know, you got to throw it to the back shoulder. I, I, honestly, there's, you know, I, when you think about the, uh, when you're looking at it and you see the replay, the DB is right with him. And so it's, uh, you know, one of the interceptions, he kicked it up, and the guy caught it behind him. And if you're step-to-step with the guy, you can't lead him because uh, it's not going to be completed. You have to throw to the back shoulder. I don't think we're trying to pick out Allen Robinson, but Kazi, if you were in a battle for a jump ball, you wouldn't lose it four straight times, would you? I hope not, but I can't say, you know, look, we all think, you know, as we get older, we all think we're great. So I don't know. I'm going to say that I I would like to see picks, rubs, um, things. When you you have a quarterback that can read and throw the ball down the field, um, use them. Let them do it. But to me, it really goes back to just calling the right plays at the right situations, understanding how to exploit a defense. And our, uh, you know, our head coach is a look. They're four and one, so he's done a good job from that perspective. But he's not a good play caller. Does anybody disagree with me on that? I, I just don't see it. I, well, I mean, they just don't do the right things. Well, you're exactly right. And and we were talking about the margin of of error. We've scored 105 points. We've given up 100. That means we're averaging 21, giving up 20, one point. <laughs> so. All that being said, something's got to give. We've identified the fact that the offensive line has been almost completely inept trying to run the ball. Last week, what was it, 20, uh, 35 yards, and uh, the week before, 28 yards on the ground. 63 yards the last two games. They're averaging 2.3 yards a rush. And, and I, my point was, you know, the team we're going to play, Teddy Bridgewater threw the ball 261 yards in the first half, and then in the second half, that's when they got the running game with Mike Davis going. Should we throw the ball a lot more aggressively early in the game, trying to create opportunities for the run later? Yeah, I, look, uh, we, you know, I, I came from a passing school, um, but our run was really effective when we were able to move the ball, throwing the ball, and catching and, and moving the sticks. And then all of a sudden, every you know they're dropping eight, and they're trying to stop the passing game, and now you can run. So, yeah, there's no question. I, I mean, you know, you, the NFL is built – you, you, you got to throw the ball, but you also have to run the ball. Um, and however you set both of them up, 
if it's running first and then play action and throwing, that's great. If it's throwing first and then running, you've you got to go that route. So that, you know, my point is, I just, we, we, we need a real offensive coordinator, and I, I, I don't like firing on a guy that's four and one because he, you know, he is a, he's done a good job with his team, although they've had a, but it's not their fault. They, they, they should have been five and oh, right? So, well, it was possible. I'll take four and one. Now, some, so. I was thinking the other day, and unfortunately to me, it's almost like Matt Nagy is worried about calling the play that will make him look good rather than a play that would be much more suitable to the good of the offense. Does that make right. sense? A hundred percent. He's he always want you know, we, we talked about it last week and it goes with our general manager. They want to be the smartest guys in the room. And sometimes you don't have to be the smartest guy. You have to be the most effective guy, right? So that's what we're looking for for an offensive coordinator. We want a guy that says, okay, here's the defense, here's the situation, here's what they do. How do we exploit it? What is our talent? Because you, you've got, you, you can't call a play that isn't going to work with, uh, if you don't have the talent to run the play. So it, it, you know, it goes. There's a lot to it. it. It it really is a chess match. Every play, every series matters in the NFL, and you're seeing it week in and week out. Uh, you know, I'm watching the Chargers last night, and here they are. They're taking apart the New Orleans Saints, but ultimately they end up losing in the game. Why? Because every series, every play matters, and that's you know that's that's your point. Well, there was a there there was a point in late in the game. When the camera is caught, Nick Foles in the face of Matt Nagy, basically, you know, imploring him, screaming at him, saying, "Hey, we want to go. Hurry up. We don't want to worry about you getting your your different personnel and keep us active, right. where we can put our foot on on the on the gas pedal." Do you think that that will resonate? I hope so. <laughs> but you know, I, look, we're. We're all in the same boat. I, I want the Bears to be successful, and they are sitting at four and one. They have, you know, they really they have a nice schedule right now. If they could get to five and one, they're going to get to the playoffs. They got to stay healthy, but you still have to be able to figure out what allows your offense to be successful. You can't be uh, Mr., you know, let's put in uh, two um, D linemen and give the ball to one of them and all those other goofy things. And, Ed, you've been talking about it the last, you know, last couple of years. He's always trying to outsmart everybody instead of just being effective and doing the things that work and stick with it. And it's, you know, it, it really, that's the recipe to success in everything you do. Well, you know, everything we do. If you do it right and you keep doing it right, you don't have to be flashy. You just have to complete it and do it right, and you're going to win. What do you make of this, or what do you make of this comment from from Nick Foles, Cause, uh he, He's talking about the offense. I feel like our rhythm has been sporadic a little bit. We've really got to get this thing flowing a little bit better. Rhythm, sporadic, flowing. Like if you're, what what does that conversation look like behind closed doors with? the head coach or any of the coordinators and the and now your quarterback well I, I again just thinking about the bears i'm sure he'll uh, uh say well you know i'm just saying that we just got to get more rhythm but i love what the, you know what what our head coach is calling but what he's really saying is look 
we need to have a rhythm. We have to get out there. Sometimes you got to speed up. The, the teams that are winning, they'll go to, you know, you'll slow down when you have to, but when you, there are times where you just got to put the pedal down and you just got to keep going and you just got to, you know, no huddle. And you just keep going, 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 tiring down the defense. You know, I'm talking to two of the best uh, defensive uh, linemen in the history of the Chicago Bears. Don't you get tired when an offense is just coming at you, coming at you, and they just keep going and you've got to, re- you got you know, you don't get a chance to take a breather and you got to go and you got to go again, right? Well, there's no question about it. And Foles wanted to seize the moment and attack. Seems like he felt the Bucks were on their heels. But no, Nagy had to bring in his personnel, the tight ends and this and that, call his play, and which actually it resulted in a sack. So it was, it was an eight-yard completion to Allen Robinson. There was 13-23 to go in the game. They're down at the Bucks 15. He wants to keep rolling. Nagy goes to his red zone call sheet. He's got three players coming off the field. He's 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 got David Montgomery, Darnell Mooney, and Cordero Patterson, Cole Komet, and Javon Wims on the field. Right. Well, how many times do I got to say this, guys? He shouldn't be the offensive coordinator, and that's just the truth. Um, well, you know, let him be the head coach, but he should allow his his quarterback coach or whoever is his pseudo uh, offensive coordinator let them call the plays. And you manage the team, and, and, you know, as a head coach, it's hard enough to manage a team. Well, it seems to me that, you know, Nick Foles, in a way, was brought in to, to mentor Trubisky, and now he's mentoring <laughs> Nagy. Yeah, well, he's going to do both. I mean, unfortunately, that's what's going to happen. The scary part, though, is if they continue on this path, it's not going to get better. And, you know, that's my concern, and uh, maybe I'm wrong, but if you continue down this path where you're just getting by, and, and, you know, look, Tampa Bay was beaten up. Their offense, their best offensive players, other than, you know, you got Tom Brady, they were all banged up or injured. So you should have blown them out, truthfully, but you did beat them. So I, I, you know, I'm I'm hoping for the best, but at the same time, I, I look at all this and I just know that if you don't, you don't figure out how to separate your OC. It, it's a rare. Andy Reid is rare, right? Where he could be the head coach and call plays. Although you know he lost to the Raiders this week, or you know this last week, and because uh, I guess now we're on a new week because we. You know, have a unique show now, right? Kazi, say say bye. We'll talk to you next week. 10-4. Ten, See you guys. 10-4. Glenn Kozlowski. Hey, uh, you know, Ed, what happened? Did you leave? No, he's no, right. No, I'm right here. I was just ready to <laughs> he was taking... come with like, you said, whatever you're talking about, you can't run for 28 yards, follow it up the next week with 35, and put a total. And we won a football game, and you gained 243 yards, and you won a football game in today's NFL those are crazy numbers. Yeah, well, that's you know it's what we're saying, right? We we've got to make uh, we got to change what we're doing on offense. I do like who we have at quarterback. So, guys, hopefully, uh, well, we should beat. I, I do think they'll beat Carolina. It's going to be another close game, but I think they should beat them. See you but next then, week, Kazi. Yeah, then you got the Rams, Saints, Titans, Vikings, and Packers. Tough games. Eight thirty-one. Check it news. Seven twenty. WGN. That's why I think it's healthy. When when uh, when we talk through those situations, because there's a feel to it, you know, Nick has a great feel when he's out there and 
and to the pattern of the game, how the game's going, you know, they were getting after us a little bit. And, and so um, to be able to keep them on their heels and not let them huddle, you get tired. The defense gets, gets tired. We're dictating the pace. I'm not against what, what, what his suggestion was. I not at all. I, I mean, matter of fact, I'm, I'm for it. Now it's just a matter of, okay, let's talk, let's, let's figure out um, in these type of situations, whether you're in a red zone, maybe it's first quarter, second quarter. I don't know when it is, but let's, let's, uh, let's be on the same page. And, and again, you'd be surprised at how many times that that those conversations happened that you saw yesterday, you know, with that, it's, it's just uh, probably magnified because we had a sack. That's your head coach, Matt Nagy, talking about his conversation with Nick Bowles, who did not want to huddle up, keep the offense flowing. Let's get some momentum, some fluidity, if you will. Adam Hogue wrote about this at NBC Sports Chicago, our Bears reporter on WGN Radio, and he joins us now. The coach and the QB getting along okay here, Adam? We we confident that they're just becoming a better Matt Nagy and Nick Foles all at the same time? Yeah, I think so. I, th- I think that this is actually a very positive uh, story that came out of the game the other night because, uh, well, it's the type of thing that you, you feel much better about after a win than if they had lost. Um, because that's a situation where you you, you could have looked back at, as it as a big missed opportunity, which it was, except for the fact that you know essentially the way I looked at this was both of them were technically right, but Foles was more right if that makes sense. I mean, they're they got to a spot by going hurry up, which was a smart thing to do because the Bears' offensive line was not playing well. And James Daniels got hurt. There was some uncertainty there on the line. And by speeding things up, you're putting the defense on their heels and taking the rush away a little bit. So it was working. But they got to a spot, like pretty much the exact spot, where they had practiced all week this play to Cordero Patterson that they felt really confident, Matt Nagy felt really confident, would would result in a touchdown. And quite frankly, the play worked. Uh, if the protection had been there because Cordero Patterson was open. But that's exactly Nick Foles' point. The protection wasn't something that they could rely on, and in that spot it led to a sack fumble. It could have been disastrous. Um, it still hurt. And Nick Foles was right in saying, hey, let's keep the momentum going. You know, Forget whatever play we worked on in practice. This is the moment we're in now. This is what's happening right now. And I think that that's important because – Matt Nagy hasn't had this type of quarterback over the last few years that he can rely on in those situations to kind of take charge and hand that trust over. So this is a perfect example to me of why Nick Foles is in there right now and why now that the Bears have reached this point, Nagy needs to give his quarterback a little bit more say over these types of situations. Well, along those lines, the audible that set up the game-winning field goal you would never have seen that with Mitchell Trubisky, right? I mean, when he's when he's lofting it over the top of Shaq Barrett and Carlton Davis and in front of Antoine Winfield, and here's David Montgomery making a nice play. By the way, we still miss you, Tariq Cohn, but, that, but Montgomery is distinguishing himself out of the backfield, and I think maybe Cordell Patterson will too. Uh, that was all Nick Foles right there. Great, great call, great touch on the pass, and the Bears won a football game. Yeah, and I don't want to make it sound like they're allowing Nick Foles to do things that Mitch wasn't allowed to do. I mean, I, I think for most of these plays and these situations, that's what the offense is. 
they went to the line of scrimmage plenty of times with Mitch where he, he had the ability to check from a run to a pass, pass to a run. They had two plays on. and the, the, But the problem was he wasn't always diagnosing things the same way that on the play you're talking about, Carm, Nick Foles saw everything perfectly. You know, he recognized who was blitzing, who wasn't, who was covering uh, the back out of the backfield there in that spot. And for him to process all of that what was basically 13 seconds uh, before the snap and the call out, rub, rub, rub to Allen Robinson to make sure. And that seemed like a check, maybe a, a you know an option there uh, for the type of route that Allen Robinson was going to run. And he calls it out right before the snap, sets the play up perfectly. So I don't think it's so much a matter of them allowing Nick Foles to do more. I just think it's a matter of Nick Foles doing more correctly. Well, I agree with you, Adam, but also, do you remember, and going back into what Nagy said at the end of last season, what Trubisky's problem was all year? When he was talking about him, he cannot read or recognize defenses. And he yep. said, I'm, I'm almost quoting Nagy, uh, I'm not quite word to word, but what he said was, I'm going to work with Trubisky all off season and get him to understand the different looks that he has to see and recognize the different defenses and how they shift and move. So when when you say that Foles comes up, like now he sees the field different than Trubisky does because you got your own head coach telling you the quarterback you had here couldn't read defenses. And Nagy said yeah. it. He, he did. The quote was, I, I want Mitch to become a master of coverages. That was the challenge in, in the offseason. And he was going to work with them all offseason to figure it out. Well, yeah, that, and it, and it, it, it didn't work. <laughs> yeah, well, it didn't work. Hey, okay, so we just had Kaz on, and he still maintains the fact that we give uh, kudos to Matt Nagy. He's done a, a good job of bringing this team to the point where they're four and one they've had three come from behind victories out of the four which from double digits it's amazing all that being said the offense just doesn't seem to cut it now he brought in lazor de filippo the offensive line all, all these different you know new angles and, Barone, and, the tight and new coaching coach, uh, Castillo, aspects. line coach all that being said what what do you think it will take for him to relinquish the play calling? And here's another thing that I want to talk about. Early in the game, the New England Patriots went for it on fourth and one from their own 20. Correct? Now. Yep. That was unbelievable. The, the, the unbelievable part was the on, on third down – the receiver or the back, whoever it was, stepped out of bounds about two yards short of the first down marker, and yet the officials didn't see it and gave him the ball, up, marked it up there about a foot or so away. Now, you know and I know if Nagy wasn't all concerned with play calling, he would have been in a position where he should have threw the challenge flag and got that play overturned, and now it would have been fourth and two rather than fourth and inches, and you know and I know, they probably would have punted. But instead, they basically said, we know who the Bears are, We're gonna, we don't care, and they went for it and got it. So what I'm saying is, that drive, 
eventuated into points instead of a punt. So don't you think there's other things for the good of the team that his, you know, allowing somebody else maybe to try play calling for a while so he could focus on the team picture would not be a good thing? Yeah, I understand that argument, and I I think there there's certainly some truth to um, the idea. There, there definitely is truth to the idea that when you're not concerned about play calling, you should be more on top, or you you know you have more time and space in your head to worry about uh, head coaching decisions, which are different from play calling decisions. And, and but I would, you know what? First of all, I totally agree with you, Hamp, because that, that, I was thinking the same thing in that spot. I am usually against challenging spots because they almost never get overturned. Uh, but in that in that situation, it looked fairly obvious that the ball carrier was out of bounds. His foot was out of bounds, six inches. Yeah, you're at least getting half a yard, maybe a full yard more. And and I agree that even though Bruce Arians is an aggressive coach. Um, you back up just that much. Everybody, at least I did, uh, knew that Tom Brady was going to sneak the ball there. That's what he does in those situations. So by backing it up just a little bit more, you make that sneak harder um, and, and dicier. And so I agree that they probably would have punted instead. And, and, that, and, and, and so I, I thought that they should have challenged uh, that situation. Uh, let me address the play calling. And I know it's just not the answer you guys want to hear, but I just don't see it happening. Right. Um, it's it's just Nagy really believes that he's the right guy to be calling plays, and I think he's going to work this out at least a little bit longer with Nick Foles. And you know, I know that's not what you guys want to hear. I just think that's the reality of the situation. Adam, you want to hang on for two minutes? I want to talk to you about that fourth and one, and we could take some calls sure. with Adam. By the way, to three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred. That was incredible. I can't believe I forgot. It was the thing I wanted to start the show with. So well, little... I don't forget. Good job, Ham. That's what ninety nine does. Drive that Chevy, by the way. Cruise around in that Silverado. Coming on back with Adam. I got a notepad. Seven twenty WGN. The frustration, regardless of like personnel's and and plays and all that stuff. The frustration, like you know, that I felt. Um, from watching the tape was more on just overall details. It wasn't so much specific personnels or, or certain um, um, plays per se that we got to do different because we're not doing the details right. Seven twenty WGN Hampton OB with you till ten. Adam Hogs with us right now. Three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred. The phone number if you want to jump on in here. Uh, Hogue, an interesting development tonight. The New York Jets releasing running back Le'Veon Bell. He was great with the Steelers, not great with the Jets. But there is talent there, and the Bears are a little thin at the old running back spot. Do you think this will be a consideration? I doubt it. I I, I don't see the the fit at all, uh, especially from the character standpoint. These are from the moment. Ryan Pace, Matt Nagy, they've been here. These are these are not the type of guys that they go out and sign. Um, and beyond that, I mean, you guys saw what happened in New York, right? I mean, it was a disaster. And, and, and this guy, even though he was good in Pittsburgh, had some issues there too. And, and, and beyond that, I, I, yes, the Bears have running game issues. But do we think David Montgomery is the issue? Because I don't. I, I think he's actually fine. And uh, I don't think Le'Veon Bell, too. you got to look at this from his side. 
of things. Now, he may not have many options. I don't know what the market's going to be like. But is he going to accept being uh, either at least a split back or uh, the number two behind David Montgomery? I, I don't see him being happy in that situation either. Yeah, no, it makes sense. And, uh, Hamp, I know you're not in on Le'Veon Bell coming to the Bears either. No, thank you. Right. Uh, yeah. l- l- let's just rewind back to it's fourth and one. There's 12-16 to go in the first half. You're on your own 19-yard line. You're up 10 nothing, and you go for it. I've never seen a lack of respect to that. You, like you, you don't think the Bears can stop you. You don't think their offense is going to do anything if they miraculously do. You're, that was the most bizarre lack of respect moment that I can. I've never, I've never seen that before. Am, am I missing something here? No, I mean, it, it, it is part of who, what I mean. Who Bruce Arians is? He, he is definitely an aggressive coach. Um. More, more and more analytics these days say you should be going for it on fourth and one wherever you are on the field. Uh, there's probably a little bit of a lack of respect in there. They know Eddie Goldman's not on the field. That that can affect it. Uh, by the way, Akeem Hicks wasn't on the field either, which I thought was interesting in that situation. Um, but you also have to consider, if you guys have watched Tom Brady's career, <laughs> He's, he, this is what he does in these situations. And I, 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 didn't, I, I guess probably somewhere you could look up the numbers, but his success rate in, in that spot um, on those sneaks is incredibly high. So I, it was surprising a little bit, but I wasn't terribly surprised that Bruce Arians made that call. Well, all that being said, you know, the defense should take that as a, a big, you know, slap in the face with a white glove all that being said back to the offense let's let's think about this and Matt Nagy talked about the need for attention to detail in uh, the post-game aftermath you know and I know to me it seems like the offense is completely without rhythm it it just Mm -hmm. you know so much of the time I watch I'm watching uh, the Tennessee Titans in the corner of my eye here and what they do is they'll you know they'll hit you with the with the with the die play and then they the same exact set they'll run the die oh it's play action oh wait a minute it's bootleg everything sets up the next play next play and there's a rhythm to it and they're killing buffalo with it we don't ever have any rhythm now isn't that the play caller uh well it is but it also takes execution from the players too um, I agree with you. I mean, it, it is a lack of rhythm. I mean, that's the easiest way to explain it, what the Bears' issues have been. Now, I, I do have a, a, a little bit of optimism in that I do think that there were glimpses in that game, a couple of the, the drives, where they did get into a rhythm. Um, but you could also point to one of those, like that we talked about earlier, when they got into the red zone and Nagy decided to go to a play they had worked on all week instead of just continuing the no-huddle stuff. In that situation – that's what stopped the rhythm on that drive. So I, I think there's still a feeling out process. I'll just put it this way. I feel much more confident that they're going to start getting to a rhythm uh, more consistently than when Mitch Trubisky was the quarterback. I feel like they're going to get there. And, I, and, look, they made the quarterback change somewhat suddenly in the middle of that Falcons game. 
They had one week to get Foles in there as a starter, and then they turned around and played on Thursday on a short week. So they did have this sort of mini buy over the weekend, and it, it does. It is going to take more details. I mean, the, 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 well, okay, one, one, one second, Adam, and, and we're, we got we're running short. Here, here's something: the the play in the second quarter when Mooney was basically running wide open, kind of a a, 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 a a pylon route rather than the burst out. And Nick Foles yeah. threw it under pressure to a, what I call the burst out, where he should have went squared off and went back to the sideline, away from the safety more. But Mooney didn't do it. I think that's what he's talking about, the details. Is that not something that jumps out at you? Well, so just very quickly on that exact play, I asked John Filippo about it today, the quarterback's coach. He said it was actually the right route, and Nick Foles just missed him. There was a slight breakdown in protection there, which rushed the throw, and that was on Foles for not making the throw. I'll get, I know we're short on time. I'll give you another quick example. The very next play after that, guys, there was a run to the right where James Daniels pulled, and all they had to do was block the cornerback. And I'm telling you, David Montgomery may have had a 52-yard touchdown. What happened? Why did that play go wrong? James Daniels is lying face down on the ground, not blocking the corner. The reason why, Cody Whitehair stepped on his foot coming out of his stance. So when James Daniels went to pull, the two linemen, they stepped on each other. He falls down. The block's not there to be made. So it's the running backs. It's the wide receivers. It's the offensive line. And, yes, it's part of it's the coaching. They need to all come together, and that's that's the only way it's going to start to happen. They're going to start to find a rhythm. Adam, we'll see you next week. All right, guys. Have a good week. Adam Ho, news coming right now, 720 WGN. Camp and OB. We don't have any complacency. You know, none of our quarterbacks are complacent. Our receivers are complacent. You know, nobody's working around here. We're just satisfied. I mean, you know, it's fortunate and happy to be 4 and 1. You know, I think that, again, it's tough to win this league. But at the end of the day, you know, we aren't, we aren't sitting back, you know, uh, waiting on praises or thinking that we, you know, have arrived or anything like that. You know, we know we got a long way to go. Now back to Dan Hampton and Ed Obradovich. That was A Rob. Alan Robinson about the. Bears less than detailed offense, at least to this point in the season. That doesn't mean it can't get a whole lot better the rest of the way. Hey, but I'll be with you till 10, 312-981-7200. Got an opportunity for you, you know, right? This, this just didn't happen, the offense. It's been lousy so far this year, was lousy last year, and was lousy the year before. You know, since you said that, OB, I, I pulled one stat specifically for you today, sir. You're gonna, You're going to... You're gonna, I think you're going to puke is what you're going to do on when I give you this one. The Chicago Bears. Obi, what do you like to talk about going down the field? I think you might have mentioned that a couple couple a few times. A thousand times. Few, so the Bears have played 31 games, 341 possessions. This is courtesy of Dan Weeder and the Tribune. They've run 1,951 plays. Since they last scored an offensive touchdown on a play from their side of midfield. So their longest scoring play this season was the 37-yard touchdown pass Foles to Allen Robinson where he broke away and, and made it to the end zone. Broke two tackles. Broke two tackles, touchdown. So that's the biggest play we've had this year, 37 yards. But we haven't connected on a bomb or even a screen that went for a bomb for basically two seasons. That's correct. That's not great. So you're right, Obi. Okay, well, thank all, you. all that being said, Mr. Obradovich, were you happy with the third down call late in the game 
instead of running the ball, running the clock out with Tom oh Brady God. waiting to get the ball back, they throw the ball on third down. Second down. Oh, oh and third down. They throw it on both. They, yeah, they complete well, it on third. It doesn't we couldn't but run anywhere. We couldn't run anywhere. And we can't pass anywhere. Hey, guys, it's not like we're winning games 47 uh, to 28, okay? We barely get into the 20s. And what you have alluded to, Danny, we don't score. There's a ton of things we don't do. And I'm telling you, the first six games, and, 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 and they, well, we got one more game to go yet, okay? We're 4 and 1. But after that, we're going to start playing the big boys, and let's see how well Nagy and his staff can coach. Let's see how well the defense plays, and let's see how well the guys we're paying millions and millions of dollars to do better start showing up. But I believe Mr. 99 is saying that when you're playing Tom Brady and the Bucks, or even if you were playing the worst quarterback in the league, you would run the ball and let the clock run down to give your opponent less time and kick your field goal and, and go Moment home a victory. in time. Yeah, I mean, that is not rocket science. Uh, is, what, what, is that would be coaching, right? Something like that? Uh, they, something like that, something yes. Something like that. Yes. What the hell have I been talking about? I, I think coaching Thank will you. be. You got it. 312-981-7200. A $50 gift card for you to Bartolini's. You have to pass one of Hamp and OB's trivia questions for 50 bucks to Bartolini's. 312-981-7200. The question on the table tonight. Which, and no cheating out there in listening to WGN land, which Chicago Bears wide receiver running back tight end is leading the team in average yards per catch which wide receiver tight end and or running back is leading the team in average yards per catch 312-981-7200 for 50 bucks does the amount of catches mean anything you nope. qualifier nope so it could be one it could be one very well see now it'll be i need mean, to give away my 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 angles over I, here. I said so. It could be. One. It could be. It could be. Well, you should have shut up. You're the one that let it out. I didn't let anything out. I, nothing has been let out. I just I just <laughs> pointed out that you were playing. Pro, you were playing. I don't know. No, just asking a simple question. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Correct. But you're right. The amount of catches is not relevant to this question. That's that's a very good point, Ob. Thank you. Three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred. We'll come back and give away a bar of the Lini's, and uh, yeah. We'll continue to explore how this offense can get to the next level. Yes, Obi. Nothing. I'm That's it. No. We go to break. Then I'll tell you. Okay. Okay. Seven twenty WGN. Hey, thirty years ago, a young Dave Rampage started Executive Green Carpet Cleaning, putting quality and customer experience above everything else. Today, Dave's daughter Kelly and son Scott uphold those same values. They're a trustworthy family of dedicated carpet cleaners who never take shortcuts, and they'll show you what clean really looks like. Here's how they do it. They invest in the most powerful carpet cleaning machines. They use ultra-purified water and never apply harsh chemicals that leave residue behind. And most importantly, they work hard to thoroughly scrub your carpet, a step that many carpet cleaners ignore. They'll leave your carpet with a nice, even-looking finish that is dry to the touch in just a couple of hours. Call now, and you get three rooms sparkling for just $139. 
If you don't believe it's the best carpet cleaning you've ever had, you don't pay. That's their guarantee. Call 630-990-8600. You'll talk with Kelly or Caroline, and they're ready to assist you now. That is 630-990-8600, or schedule online at executivegreencarpetcleaning.com. We are giving away $50 to Bartolini's. What was your favorite thing on the menu tonight, Ham? Had to be the scallop potatoes. Was, you don't get those every day. You do not get those every day. All right, Chicago Bear running back, tight end, a receiver who is leading the team in average yards per catch. Joe in Plainfield, welcome to Hampton OB. How are you guys doing tonight? We're great, Joe. Go ahead. Uh, I'm assuming it's David Montgomery. Your guess is David Montgomery. David Montgomery is averaging great sound effects, 7.8 yards per catch, which is good for 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8th on the team, Joe. All right, you guys have a good night. You have a good night. Good effort, Joe. Very good effort. OB, that's 0 for 1 right there. Was that carpet cleaning the bunch, the ones that cleaned up the turf at Soldier Field after (laughs) Trubisky scored zero touchdowns in the opener last year? Executive green carpet cleaning might have been there. Gary in Arlington Heights, before you answer, what's your favorite thing about Hamp and OB? Uh, I, I love when they go a, a, after each other, you know? <laughs> which is all the time. You know, this is the truth. Ob, did you hear that? He loves when you go at Hamp. I heard him. Well, sometimes you got to straighten the big man out. There, <laughs> Gary. What's your guess? I'm going to take a guess at Robinson. Alan Robinson is third on the team in yards per catch at 12. I like Hamp's buzzer better than Curtis's real buzzer. Thank you, Gary. Appreciate you. Thank you. All right. 312-981-7200. I'm just going in order here. We're looking for the Bear wide receiver tight end or running back who is leading the teams in average yards per catch. Ali in Carroll Stream. How many wins for the Bears this year, Ali? Uh, they're getting 15 wins. They're going to the Super Bowl. 15 and 1. They're... Yeah. <laughs> we love you, Ali. Who's, what's your answer on the old the trivia question here? I got Cordero Patterson. Cordero Patterson is... Hamp? <laughs> Incorrect. That is correct. Cordell Patterson, Cordell Patterson, 8.3 yards per catch. That is good for 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7th on the Chicago Bears uh, this season. Seven catches, by the way, on eight targets for 58 yards. Bob in South Beloit. This is a tricky one here. Bob, what do you got? Well, OB kind of helped me out. He said, could it be just one catch? And I, I kind of remember Ian having a couple of Decent catch of maybe one long one. So I'm going to go with Ted Ginn Jr. Ted Ginn Jr. That is a ding, 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 ding. Bob. There's a smart man. OB, I remember you playing. I'm an old man myself, but I was only 10. What were you, 21? (laughs) 12. (laughs) All right, all right. OB was 12 years old and in the NFL and just crushing people well i'll tell you what you took the hit and you got it kid yeah you you listen to ob and i should have i i gave it away didn't i bob i gave it away well, you kind of did you I said did. oh there you go you did and and i really didn't know how many catches he had if it was one i remember he had one good one saved with yep. either third or fourth down that that just stuck in my head bob hey bob where do you live by the way sir 
South Beloit, Illinois, south of Madison, Wisconsin, right on the Illinois border above Rockford. Well, you got to make a, a day trip down to Bartolini's to get that food. It is, it's worth the trip. And to do that, Bob, will I get something in the mail or something? Sure, and, you can. Uh, my my oh, bride and I will gladly make the trip in. You know what? Give them a call. We're gonna They're very accommodating. We're, we're gonna put them on. We're Bob. We're gonna put you on hold, and Curtis is gonna give you all the details of how this Bartolini's gift card will magically appear at the Bob residence. All right. I appreciate you guys. You, you, we appreciate you, you, Bob. For Thank you very much. Thank you, Ted Ginn Jr. Baby, did and, you like that one? And by the way, by the way, Mr. Ginn, we need to relieve him of his punt return duties. He looks about as excited about doing that as I do dishes. I mean, it is brutal. He is the <laughs> he doesn't want to be there. <laughs> he is the least entertaining punt returner I've ever seen. Just, just like <laughs> how fast can I get to the sideline? I mean, and, the, and it's not even fast. I mean, it's no. just like, oh, my God, it's brutal. It's not good. Bartolini's located 144th in Pulaski, where our guy Bob in South Beloit is going to go with his lovely bride uh, in Midlothian. Bartolini's open seven days a week for dine-in patio seating. To-go orders, 24 hours a day. They do the catering as well, 708-396-2333. I, I do think that it's, you know, when you look at it, Ted Ginn Jr.'s got three catches, um, Anthony Miller's got 13. The, your leader, of course, is Allen Robinson with 35. Jimmy Graham has 17 catches. Montgomery out of the backfield, 16. It seems like they like Patterson out of the backfield. I think we're going to see more of that. So there is some level of spreading it around right now that I think is worth getting somewhat excited about. Is that fair? Yeah, it's uh, you know a fight of a thousand cut, paper cuts, actually. You know, uh, you look around the league and, you know, I remember Julio was, you know, 18, 20 yards average per catch. And what is Robinson uh, averaging? Somewhere around 10? Allen Robinson is averaging, I just clicked off the page, 12 a catch. 12 yards a catch. Yeah. And therein is the great OB's, uh, uh, what would he say? Philosophy. Uh, Yeah. Uh, We've got to be able to stretch the field more and and in some some form or fashion it and again the all of this compression is only going to get worse you got to find a way to back them off hey let's uh speaking of just perfection here curtis let's get this uh i want to play a cut from emmanuel acho who is the brother of sam acho who of course played for the bears for many years and he broke down something that uh Nick Foles did in order to get the Bears a victory, and um, yes, before you do it, I just yes, something yeah, maybe has nothing to do with nothing, but I just think it's kind of interesting. Okay, Deshaun Watson was in the same draft class, and you know with Mahomes and with Trubisky. Yeah, and I'm just looking at this, this 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 past season. You know they didn't they didn't give Trubisky an extension, nothing. Right. Okay. Deshaun Watson, Houston Texans, he signed a $160 million extension. Four years, yeah. Good player. He'd be nice in a bear uniform, OB. Isn't that something? I mean, I don't know why. It just struck me really oddball right at this particular time. I don't know why. See, people should <laughs> people should know. I mean, they, we got our quarterback. We gave up half a planet Earth to move up one spot. Well, Patrick Mahomes got and half. And they won't give an extension, and they give this guy $160, $70 million. And they gave Patrick Mahomes literally half a billion. But right. pe- pe- people should know, OB, that, that, and I mean this in the most loving 
beautiful OB way, and, I, and Hamp, I think you obviously agree with me. OB is old school to the old school. You're you're coming in here and you got stacks of newspaper. You know, most people don't uh, they don't buy the paper anymore, but OB, you've got it all cut out. You got it highlighted. You got everything there, and that's why you just came up with the the Deshaun Watson. You got all your notes. Look at you. I don't know. It just struck me funny for some reason. <laughs> Nick Foles is the quarterback. But again, what did we do? We gave up an entire draft to move up to get a kid. Couldn't hit a cow from 10 yards with a scatter gun. <laughs> it's the Way tr- to go, Pace. Yeah, well, it's interesting, too. They, you know, we're playing Carolina this week. Teddy Bridgewater was a free agent. And I'm not saying that Nick Foles isn't better than Mitchell Trubisky, but who would you rather have right now, Teddy Bridgewater or Nick Foles? I, I don't. I, I think the answer is Teddy Bridgewater, is it not? I'll take Patrick Mahomes myself. Yeah. Well, of course. You know, but it, it, the fact remains, you know, the history is what it is. And, you know, Nick Foles has, um, has proven that he still has a certain uh, ability to make some plays. Now let's see if we can get enough people... To help him make those plays. So here was here was the cut from Emmanuel Acho, who covers the NFL and breaks down film and, and saw something that he really liked about Nick Foles to speaking to the optimism. Nick Foles is exactly who should be starting for the Chicago Bears, and he will show you why in just 13 seconds. The game is on the line. The Bucks are in an all-out blitz. They're bringing more than the Chicago Bears can block. Nick Foles recognizes that. He motions Montgomery back. But watch what he sees first. Shaquille Barrett, who was blitzing, he gives a quick little hand signal to the safety Winfield. He says, hey, I'm calling my blitz off. I'm going to now peel the running back, meaning if the running back releases, he's on me. So Foles sees that first. Now listen to the communication afterwards. He says, hey, three's dead, three's dead. He talks to his left tackle, Charles Leno. Talking to his left tackle, Charles Leno, he says, hey, one, two, three, Shaquille Barrett, he's dead. He's not blitzing anymore. He's going to peel the running back. Charles Leno's like, okay, bet. We good then. Now listen to the next communication. After Foles says that, he now talks to Allen Robinson, and he says, hey, Rub, rub. When Shaquille Barrett peels, I need you to rub Shaquille Barrett so that David Montgomery can be set free. And just like that, in 13 seconds, Nick Foles wins the game for the Chicago Bears. So point being, that's something that the Bears have not had. the point being is that Mitch Trubisky, in what, four years? Can't do. Right. still can't do. He can't read defenses. We know that. Who was the smartest quarterback that you played with that could do what Foles is pulling off right there? Well, you know, obviously when I played, it was it's got to be nine, right? You know, McMahon had uh, had a lot of uh, caginess, but the interesting part about that was when he was talking about Allen Robinson rubbing the defender off. He 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 wheeled, and at the last second, he jumped out of the way to make sure that it wouldn't yeah. be called as a pick. But it was just enough where Montgomery was able to turn the corner. It was, hey, again, that is uh, the, what what did uh, Nagy call it? The details that have to be ironed out. And every play, there's hidden hands that need to, to function that a lot of times we're not getting it. 9.30 news coming on up here. Your call's coming on back as we take you to 10 o'clock, Hamp and OB. The Bears are 4-1 and one on 720 WGN. I wouldn't imagine that this will be the last time I hear about us not having Eddie Goldman in the building and, and being able to play with him. And I think that just goes to show how important uh, of a key player and a, uh, an elite player that Eddie Goldman is. What we've done here is do our best to not replace 
right? But continue to play football at a high level. And, and I think Bilal Nichols, John Jenkins, uh, Brent Urban, right? Mr. Guitar Rockout Solo. Everybody has done their best in order to fill that hole that was left in our defense by losing Eddie Goldman. That is Akeem Hicks giving some props to Eddie Goldman, who, of course, opted out due to the pandemic. Good old number 96, giving 91 a little bit of love. OB, you had a little bit of reaction to that one. Well, <clears throat> let's just pass on it. <laughs> you, you don't well, think, here's the thing. You know, yeah. the Super Bowl year, Todd Bell and Al Harris set out. I thought Todd was our best player on defense in 84. Wow. All that being said, it's like you put your hand in the water and you take it out. It closes. You can't. You can't lament what you don't have. You can only play with what you do have. And I appreciate Akeem throwing bouquets at Eddie, but Eddie opted out. Now it's up to the rest of you to fill the void. And the sooner you come to grips with that, the better. And you can't be going, well, if, 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 if. And, you know, I, I, I hate to say this, but every time we bring up, oh, well, we drafted Trubisky instead of Mahomes, it's, it's over. It's, you, you play the hand you're dealt. And thankfully, we, uh, we had a joker that we threw back and we, we got foals. <laughs> so we're playing that hand right now. That, that's a great way of putting it. I, I love that you brought up Todd Bell and Al Harris because they both held out after the 84 season for Doe and missed out on playing on the greatest football team, I'll say arguably just And, for, and they were out of contract. Right. But what they you know, wanted wasn't what the Bears wanted to pay. And Finks is gone, and essentially Jerry Venisi was you know, running the show then. And anyway, the McKeskies, you know, Mike McKeskey thought we could do without. And I hate it. But we all know how it ended up. Yeah. You, you close ranks and you march on. But you know what? That, those guys never came back, Dan. They I, weren't the same. They weren't the same. No, they, they really weren't. weren't. They weren't the same. No, they and I love them both. They couldn't play up to the level what they played here, which I don't know. Is that attributed to the other nine guys, ten guys that they played with that elevated them? Could that possibly have been? So Big Al Harris was a gentleman's gentleman. I mean, he would. Oh, he's a wonderful guy. Yeah. Anyway, a fine player, and he played a long time. And yeah. you know, he came back and, and and started and played with us. But but again, it's over. Eddie's out, and he can't come back. So ro- roll your sleeves up. And you know, one other thing. Would you trade him? One other thing. The guy sitting over here to my left wants some money on me because I said they should start Foles. Now, think about this. How much better would Foles be tonight? Oh. How much better would the offense be tonight if he would have started the three preseason games, meaning Detroit and New York and Atlanta, instead of waiting and then throwing him out there against what everybody's saying now has been the two best defenses in football? Because you got a guy that's a general manager that made one of the biggest blunders in the history of this game in the National Football League. What he did, what was available, and where he was at in the draft, and what he did will go down in history. And I'll 
guarantee you it will. It's one of the biggest jokes of all time. But I love what Hamp is teeing up, not just for the game of football or for the game of anything, but for the game of anything. There is a cost to not doing things the right way. There's a cost to not moving on when you know what the best plan should be. And the Bears, for whatever reason, were holding on to Mitchell Trubisky at the start of the year. And maybe it won't cost them, but maybe it will. But they would definitely be farther down the road if they had accepted what was reality and just moved forward, which they didn't weren't ready to do at that point. And again, holding the team hostage now, you know, for almost three games. But here's something that I think is is so insightful. Allen Robinson, who we probably all admit is the best player on our offense right now, okay? Without question. That being said, after the Indianapolis Colts game, he said the Colts showed and played a bunch of cover two, and we weren't prepared for that. Now think about that. Think about that. That is the fourth game of the season. Fourth game of the season, and yet, Due to the fact that, okay, we're starting a new quarterback and yada, yada, yada. You, you quit, you start getting myopic about the quarterback or uh, certain play centrics that you think he could, and you're not worried about putting together a game plan and what the opponent's going to do, which essentially is the basis of the game plan. You understand what they want to do against you and then what you have to do to counter it. So again, more wasted time and angst because of the fact they didn't start the proper player at the proper position. And correct me if I'm wrong here, but cover two is not exactly some rogue defense. Been around that... since the beginning of time. Right, right. Hey, James on the south side, welcome to Hampton OB on 720 WGN. Go ahead, James. Hello, and I hope everybody's having a good time. And anyway, I, 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 came, I came and looked at it at another angle. Um, even if the Bears had a drafted a Mahomes or Watson, they would have found a way to screw this up <laughs> uh, because they weren't giving them the right player personnel. And certainly that offensive line, okay, wouldn't have been, okay, Mahomes would have been doing a whole lot more uh, running. And the receivers, well, outside of Robinson and a couple other guys, uh, maybe, I mean, they would have still, I mean, sure, they may, would have been still a bit much more exciting than even what it was in uh, Trubisky's first season. But it still, there would, still would have been some sort of regression because, okay, when you got, okay, yep. the problem with this offensive line is it's been a problem, okay, that's been a problem for years. James, thank you so much. Uh, and I, and think about that. He, James makes a great point. We could have drafted Trubisky, and John Fox would have blundered that up. But who was the offensive coordinator? Uh, the little guy. Under John, Mel Tucker? No, it's defensive coordinator. What am I what talking it? about? Was it Gase or Case or something? Dow like Loggins, we talked about? Dow Loggins. Yeah. Dow Loggins. That's who it was. Well, wow. the, the, do you remember Mitchell Trubisky's first preseason game with the Bears? The guy looked like... Joe Montana slash uh, whatever, John Elway combined. And then all of a sudden, they actually started playing real football and it went away real fast. But for a second. just started coming up with schemes <laughs> right. rather than a bunch of, you know, but guys he, that were going to get cut the next day out there on the field. Yeah. And 
to James's point, Patrick Mahomes, if you asked him, uh, I'm sure he's pretty damn happy he ended up in Kansas City and now with Chicago. But I'm t- we would not have he would maybe he wouldn't have been quite to the level that he is at right now with all the weapons that he has in KC. But we would have been well, we wouldn't have messed him up that bad. Well, hurt. But if he, so, you have Nagy with his philosophy, and if you had Patrick Mahomes here, you wouldn't think that would be a little. Um, he'd be awkward. great. He'd be great, <laughs> yeah. but but it, it it. I don't think Patrick Mahomes would have him dominate the way he dominated Trubisky. And I'm talking about Nagy. He'd always get him in his ear, tell him this, tell him that, instead of letting that kid going out and playing football. And I tell you what, I don't think Patrick Mahomes would have put up with that. Well, because Patrick Mahomes, he knows what he has. He knows he's got an arm, he's got a brain, he's got a body he can move. That would have been. And you're going to have this guy dummy him down? I don't think so. That'd have been amazing. All right, uh, final segment coming on up here. We'll look at Carolina. The Bears trying to get to five and one noon kickoff on Sunday. If you want to jump on in here before we get on out, you're welcome to do it. 312-981-7200. We also have a tribute to Jeff Vukovic coming on back here as well. 720 WGN. Jeff Vukovic is back in the WGN huddle right here. He knows the insurance biz. He He prides himself on doing it right. Nationwide is on your side. The Vuk. Check out JeffVook.com. Nationwide is on your side. OB, I thought that this was going to be the week we would sing together. We're in week six, OB. Not going to happen with OB. I know. I don't sing, man. (laughs) You kidding me? We only got, like, I mean, the seasons go by real fast. You know this, OB. Yeah, it was amazing here. We're coming up to the sixth game already. Seems like we just started a week ago. A third of the the games be in the books Sunday night. How about when the Bears clinch a playoff spot, we'll sing the Nationwide is on your side together? What do you think? I think that's a great idea. I think that's a great idea. All right. When the Bears clinch a playoff spot, OB, are you in? When they clinch a playoff spot, we're, gonna, we're all going to sing Nationwide. And it's 74% po- probability right now at 4-1. and one. That's right. So, me, 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 warm up, OB. <laughs> well, <laughs> no. I'll be the conductor. You'll be the conductor? Okay. You just, you, just, you, just, you, just did the, you just start it. You'll do the... Mm, I'll yeah. be the conductor. Okay. All we need, you can just do the, the start of the Nationwide. All right. So, all right. Let's look at Carolina here. This was a football team that's got a new head coach in Matt Rule. You've got uh, Teddy Bridge, Bridgewater making a name for himself in Carolina. They beat the Falcons last week, 20-13. to 13. Well, they held, nothing. Well, they held Atlanta to a season low, though, 203 passing yards. Atlanta can throw the football. They do have Matt Ryan over there, but uh, they didn't do it against Carolina. They are seventh in the NFL, Carolina is, in defending the pass. So this is not going to be an easy game. Let's... No, it's not. And uh, I, I said earlier, they've got a very uh, aggressive style with their offense. They want to protect their defense. So that what they're trying to do is score early and then try to play with the lead. So they throw the ball early. Teddy Bridgewater, 261 yards in the first half alone. Then in the second half, that's when they become more conventional. They run the ball, just kind of burn it out and try and secure the, the victory. So, And we just heard Akeem Hicks talking about what we don't have, Mr. Goldman. Well, I don't hear the Carolina Panthers you know, whining about the fact that Christian McCaffrey is out. That's a huge plus for the Bears, uh, well, to say the I, least. Think about that. You know, guy's I mean, the number one offensive threat in the National Football League, correct? Outside of Mahomes. So fair. To me, Carolina is a very dangerous team. 
just like we saw the Buffalo Bills come into Tennessee tonight and get their fannies kicked, they had to play, get ready for Kansas City. And we always call this a look-through, OB. When you're, you're really worried about somebody down the road and you're not paying attention to what you're doing right now. Bad we, thoughts. Okay, and you have lamented all night about, you know, the meat grinder starts after Carolina. we got to play the Rams yep. and then the Saints and yada, yada. Packers, so, so, Tennessee. So it's imperative that Matt Nagy doesn't kind of uh, cheat on the game plan overlook some things and think, oh, well, we'll just, you know, kind of throw it around and do what we want to do, and then, then we'll save our A game for the Rams. We need to make sure we take care of Carolina. All the wins, they all count the same. Dan, sooner or later, and I mentioned before, the window is closing on this defense, but still a defense we can win a Super Bowl with, and that should be their thoughts. But I'm going to tell you, I've got this feeding that this that Snaggy. It, he knows what, what he has in the defense, and he just he plays it close to the vest, and he hopes and he prays. You know, when it comes down to the fourth quarter, that's close, and now miracles will happen. I'm telling you, it's the wrong philosophy, it's the wrong theory, it's the wrong thoughts. You got to go out from the get go, attack. And put points on the board. You got to score touchdowns. You don't play for field goals, and that's what this guy's done since he's been here. I'm talking about Nagy. Now think about this and the win against Tampa. We will look back, maybe a month or somewhere during the season, and and say, "Hey, we won a very good game against a good team, a very worthy opponent." But a lot of what Tampa did, they hurt themselves. They had 11 penalties, well over 100 yards. It and, was a game. And they were sloppy. And they didn't have some of their best weapons on offense. So all those things you can mitigate and, oh, well, this and that. It doesn't matter. Every game is the only game that matters. Now, again, what we've talked about, this would be a perfect opportunity for this offense to throw the shackles off, the leg weights, and let's go out and attack people. What do you think, OB? Oh, my God, absolutely, Dan. I've been waiting for it and waiting for it and waiting for it. All you have to do is every weekend watch the highlights of every team playing in National Football League. What is the number one thing you see? What is it, Mark? What's the number one thing you see on highlights? Oh, those would be touchdown passes, OB? Yeah, long touchdown passes. <laughs> one after the other after the other, and then watch us. I passed the test. Our long pass is nine and a half yards. Hey, uh, let me just tee up one thing that's interesting to me going in this game. And, and maybe the Bears didn't make any mistakes here. Maybe this, has, this is totally unfair to Matt Nagy. But if you remember last year when the Bears moved on from Jordan Howard and they were trying to figure out what they were going to do at running back, they drafted David Montgomery and they also went out and signed Mike Davis. All right, Mike Davis came in here and did absolutely nothing, and we released him early in the season. This is like the fourth or fifth week. Right. He is the leading running back for the Carolina Panthers. Granted, Christian McCaffrey's out, but he's leading them. He's averaging 4.8 yards per carry. He's got 220 yards. He's got a touchdown. He's got a burst for 44 yards in one run. I'm going to just guess that Mike Davis might be a little bit motivated to play against his former team and how he was not used last year. Just Absolutely. To- and, 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 you know, in contrast that with the fact that last week was the first time the Bears were able to run the ball into the end zone. Now, 
since the beginning of time, the Bears had a running game that was physical. It was tough. It was at times unstoppable. And it always resulted in us getting in the red zone. And if we didn't throw it in and we got down close, we could pound it in. We that was the first. It took five games to get a single rushing touchdown. Amazing. So that tells you, you know, there's a bad whiff coming off of this offense that we need to find ways to correct. Dan, couldn't we say the same thing last year? Wasn't it the same story, Mark? Wasn't the same story? And this year is a replay starting out. And thank God we played the teams that we have played and come up with miracle finishes at the last second in these games to win them? My God. Now, think about this. You know, the last two years, we started off the season with Green Bay, and we lost, and it was we were behind the eight ball. This year, we get both games against those cheesers in the second half of the season. So maybe we're just getting ready to make a burst. Thanks to everybody who will listen tonight. Thanks to Kaz for jumping on his own show. Thanks to Adam Hogue for being on as well. Uh, thank you to Curtis Koch. Uh, for and we're on next Tuesday, right? We, we're on next Tuesday, 7 to 10, right here on 720 WGN. And thank you to Bartolini's Restaurant and Catering, family-owned and operated. But the game is at noon. The best Italian cuisine in Chicago. And the meatballs have been featured on the Travel Channel, the Food Network, and even German television. Thank you so much for listening tonight. The Bears are 4-1. and one. We will talk to you next week on 720 WGN.